We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. First District Congressman Bobby Rush's decision not to run for re-election has touched off a crowded race to succeed him. Some 20 Democrats file for the June primary. A few are familiar names. Most are not. This week, we sample a few candidates. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. There are so many candidates in the 1st District race, it's impossible to introduce you to all of them, but this weekend we'll chat with three. First is one of the better-known hopefuls, 3rd Ward Chicago Alderwoman Pat Dowell. We spoke with her about the race and how she hopes to stand out. At week's end, she had received the endorsement of the Service Employees International Union, Local One. SEIU Local One played a big part in my 2007 election as alderman. Uh, They were front and center in helping me uh, beat a 24-year incumbent, and their endorsement proved to be uh, crucial uh, in that election. I got a lot of support from them, uh, you know, financially and also with bodies. Uh, This election um, is different uh, in that... um, Uh, I don't think that their endorsement uh, comes with the same level of support, Um, but uh, it certainly means a lot because they have uh, more than uh, 3,500 members uh, that are within the first congressional district uh, that could be supportive of my campaign efforts. So I'm uh, very excited about the SEIU Uh, endorsement this today. I look forward to standing with all uh, my brothers and sisters in the SCIU uh, Local One and all the union workers who have been supportive of me over the years. Well, let's talk about the field because that is one of the things that distinguishes this campaign. Uh, We're hovering around uh, two dozen candidates. I suspect not all of them will stay on the ballot. But that is an especially difficult uh, uh, way to run, is it not? You know, um, 20 candidates uh, on the Democratic side and five on the Republican slash independent side have put in their bid to be on this ballot. I am anticipating that uh, those numbers will winnow down uh, at, after today. As a matter of fact, I believe the State Board of Election Uh, issues their final reports. Um, But, uh, you know, I'm of the opinion, the more the merrier. Uh, 
Um, you know, I think it will be very important for me to make sure that I can get my message to the voters to break through all the noise that's going to be created in this uh, um, election cycle so that people and the voters know of my track record um, and my uh, experience and my long time commitment uh, to my constituency um, as I've served as alderman for the last 15 years. And the last time we talked on this program, it was talking about how that uh, tenure as alderman had prepared you for the Secretary of State's office. What is it about being alderman uh, really and arguably in, uh, in, in, in some better ways prepares you for being on Capitol Hill? I, th I think unlike most of the people running, um, I dare say almost all of the people running, I do have the experience of knowing how to uh, get inside a bureaucracy and identify the resources um, and programs, for example, that are gonna, that's going to help uplift uh, the first congressional district. Um, I have the experience of um, preparing legislation, um, sponsoring legislation, co-sponsoring legislation, and working with the different perspectives within the city council to uh, get that legislation passed, uh, working on passing a budget that uh, supports almost every uh, community in the city of Chicago. Um, I have the expertise and the talent and the experience to take to Congress to be able to work across the aisles in a bipartisan fashion uh, to bring back resources for the for the district. That's really what it's about, um, you know, support for transportation, uh, infrastructure improvements, small business development, um, special uh, projects related to affordable housing. Um, you know, there's just so much need within the first congressional district and you need to have someone ready to go on day one uh, to do the work. And in your view, what are some of the very first things that you would want to address uh, if you got to Capitol Hill? You know, the first 30 to 60 days, um, I want the constituents of the first congressional district to know who their congresswoman is, what a congressman's office can do for the people of the first congressional district, how we serve our constituency, um, to introduce them to the staff people that would be here in Chicago and also in Washington, DC, to begin to um, uh, prioritize some of the projects and programs that uh, people want uh, their congresswoman to pursue. In addition to joining the fight in Washington around serious uh, concerns like um, access to the ballot, uh, making sure that we maintain our voting rights, um, uh, gun prevention and gun safety legislation that both uh, Senator Duckworth and Congressman Bobby Rush have already been working on um, finding in, uh, dollars and grants to support our public schools. These are the kinds of programs that I wanna focus on um, and in Congress 
And the goal really is to uh, be active and make sure that the first congressional district gets its fair share of the federal tax dollars that we send to Washington, D.C. every year. And if we were to uh, talk to people in the district, frankly, anywhere in the city, uh, they would also say public safety, the crime, is a big thing, a big issue for them in their everyday lives. What could Congress do to help uh, ease those concerns? You know, I don't want to um, give people false hope. Um, really, the, the, where the rubber hits the road on public safety is actually in the streets in Chicago. And I think that uh, the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois um, also has the job to do to um, give our people relief. But at the federal level, there are things that could be done to add consistency across the 50 states, um, such as having a, um, you know, safety um, check, you know, a background check on um, gun purchasers, um, having a uh, centralized inventory of permits and FOID cards so that we know and can follow the activity of people who have um, purchased guns um, and are using them across uh, the country. We need more consistency in the laws in this area. And uh, finally, uh, just very briefly, uh, I would also think that being an alderman also means that you would uh, be adept at constituent service, which is something that I don't think people think that much of as being a congressional thing, but con congressional offices really are about constituent service. Right, and, and, and this is what I mean about, you know, spending the first 30 to 60 days uh, telling people uh, what a congressman's office can do. Many, um, times as an alderman, we get people coming in asking for services that really should be uh, handled by uh, the federal government. For example, um, people who don't get their mail on time or the mail's never delivered. Um, this is actually a responsibility that a congressman should be working on. And I plan to focus on that as well. Um, or things like um, People want to get their passport and uh, social security uh, concerns and healthcare issues uh, taken care of. And the first place they stop is an alderman's office. So I do have a understanding of what um, concerns people have. And I think people who don't have that understanding need to hear that directly from their congresswoman's mouth. You're listening to At Issue on WBBM News Radio. I'm Craig Delamore, and that was Pat Dowell, candidate for Congress. Next up, a name you probably don't know. Terry Lang Rosner is an educator and first time candidate from Frankfurt. I asked why she got into this crowded race. Um, no, we don't have name recognition, and we don't have a lot of money. But, you know, I really believe that after the service that I've done in education for the last 30 years, I want to do public service. I, I think it's a duty and a responsibility and an obligation to do public service. And as far as I understand, and as far as I see, many, many people would be worthy of doing public service, but they don't because they're afraid that it's too much of a mess. It's, it's too much of a morass of, of just bad stuff and that none of it is good and they've lost faith in government 
And I haven't. I haven't lost faith in government. I haven't lost faith that uh, citizen representatives can be a part of our government because we are the government. I mean, that's what democracy is all about. I truly believe in that. So that's one of the reasons that I'm running. But there, I have lots of opinions. I have lots of ideas. Um, but I think my duty as a representative would be to really listen. And one of the things I've learned through my educational career, especially in higher ed, because that's got a morass as well, is that most of what you should be doing is listening and then acting um, and learning and figuring out, you know, how can you cross bridges? How can you make those connections? How is it that you're going to get on the Craig Delamore show? Uh, you know, if you achieve those things when nobody thinks you can, then then you've done well, then you've you've done good. And I like I said, I think good people should run. Well, let's talk a little bit about who you are and, and why people should know you. So tell me about what it is that you do and, and your experience. Well, as um, I just told you, most of my experience, well, all of my experience in the profession has been in higher ed, but I spent 12 years negotiating salaries and working conditions at a non-union shop, which was our university. And there are some real um, hurdles that you have to jump when you're doing that. And there also is a delicate balance of making agreements that both support workers and the health of the institution. So I think that that translates just seamlessly to uh, politics and working for government. There is no way that you get anything done by yourself. You, you don't do that. And our district, as you know, is a meandering district that's been a little bit gerrymandered. So it goes, it rambles from the south side of Chicago all the way down to Bourbonnais. By the way, somebody asked me how to pronounce Bourbonnais and they were from Iowa. So they said, well, we say Des Moines, Des Moines. And I, or, and I said, no, Bourbonnais is Bourbonnais. It's not Bourbonnais. But we go to, you know, Wilmington, we go to Mantino, to Frankfurt, where I live, Homer Glen. Um, we go to Braidwood. It, since it's been redistricted, it's just huge and very, very diverse. Um, it has a diverse population. And um, I think that that's something that I can embrace really well. Um, my husband has been a union man forever. He was born in Englewood a South side uh, neighborhood in the city. Um, he worked 25 years for Pepsi-Cola that was on 60, what is it? 51st and Halstead. Um, I, I sent my sons to Mount Carmel, even though out here in Frankfurt, we have some good schools. And I did that because I wanted them to experience the diversity of our district. I wanted to them to experience what it's like when you're with people that are not exactly like you. And I think that's a strength of mine. And that's a strength of the people that I have um, talked to in the district is they truly do wanna be a part of the conversation. They wanna be part of the district. But I think uh, quite often we think of our differences rather than the things that we can agree on. 
what are the topics, what are the things that make you want to be active in, in public? I mean, some people, they'll be, they might be angry about how their schools are or, or anxious about public safety. What is it that, that brings you to the, uh, to, the, to the soapbox, so to speak? Right. I mean, that's what I was saying. People are like, what, are you crazy? I said, no, I, I'm dedicated. I'm very dedicated to making a difference and, and doing right. I think for, for me and for those that I know in my family um, and the people I live with and the people I've taught, I've taught over, I've touched the lives of over 3,000 students, um, all the way from Chicago Heights to Wabonzi and Sugar Grove um, to St. Francis and Joliet, which is, is very diverse. And I know that um, one of the things that I want to make sure that we do is that we do listen to each other. And I think one of the reasons that I'm getting into this race, one is I'd like to stay within my bailiwick, which is education. And so I'm very concerned about the student debt that we have that has reached $1.75 trillion. Um, I have great concern about that because it has, I have personal um, experience with students not being able to go to school or finish school, or even to be able to um, pay debt if they're not able to finish school. Also, that our, our loans are, especially those that are not federal loans, are predatory. And you have to be very careful about that. Uh, I think for me, that's um, very close to my heart that everyone get a chance. I call it task that everybody have the opportunity to, um, to actually get, go to school, do scholarship, do the trades, do apprenticeships and get loans for that that aren't a burden to them for the rest of their lives. And the first thing I would say that makes no sense to me is that we um, charge interest on student loans. Why is the government making money on students? Uh, I understand that there's a bottom line and that you can, um, you can get loans for education and then you are responsible for that. And, and that makes sense. But making money off the backs of our students makes no sense to me. Uh, a second thing that is close to my heart is uh, union labor. Um, as I said, my husband and his family has been, and his father and his father were uh, union laborers. And I think that uh, it's important to be able to collectively bargain, to have a safe workplace, to have a workplace where uh, payment is fair. But I also want to balance that with, you know, you can't have workers uh, get paid so much that the company goes under. Uh, th that there has to be a balance there. And that's why I welcome our Republican friends uh, to cross over and vote, because I understand that dilemma as well. And I think that that's something that has to be addressed. You're listening to At Issue on WBVM News Radio. I'm Craig Delamore, and that was congressional candidate Terry Lang Rosner. Our third candidate is a city hall veteran with little name recognition named Jonathan Swain. And why is he running? As, as I've gone in and around the South Side in, in, in a number of years, there's been a, a one real issue that's been, point, that's been standing out to me uh, because my friends are leaving the South Side. And when I began to think about them leaving and going other places to, um, to raise their children and build their families, 
I started thinking that, you know, our community hasn't really changed that much in 25 years. I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, do we, are we feel safer than we did 25 years ago? Or do we think our community is growing in the right direction? And so for me, this moment in time, especially with the number of people that are leaving our area, um, is a similar moment for leadership. And there's a leadership void that needs to be filled for someone that's thinking about how we can uh, lay the right foundations for policy, um, organization, getting people involved and centering their voices so that we can build the foundations for the next 25 years so we can put our community on the right trajectory. For me, this seemed opportune time to take the background that I have and the experience that I have and bring it to bear in this moment. And so um, that's why I thought I'd run. Well, let's talk about that background. You are no stranger to government service. So let's give uh, people uh, a sense of, of who you are and what you have done. Sure. You know, I'm a son of the South Side. Uh, I, I've, I've lived and worked and um, played, if you will, all over the uh, all over the district. Um, my wife and I bought our first home in Auburn Gresham, um, though I was born in South Shore and, and reared in Hyde Park. Um, I, I spent a lot of my early career after law school working in government, working for two uh, elected officials on the South Side, um, then worked in City Hall doing intergovernmental affairs. And before I was 30, I became a deputy commissioner in the Department of Planning. Uh, left that to go work for Father Flager at St. Sabina Church doing community development in his uh, startup community development corporation. But at the same time, I remained involved in government, serving as chairman of the Zoning Board of Appeals for the city of Chicago. Um, I did that for a number of years and then, then was appointed to be a commissioner on the Chicago Board of Elections. So for the past five years up until last August, I served there. Uh, in addition to that, once I did some work in Auburn Gresham with Father Flager, I left there after having finished business school at the University of Chicago and went to take over my family business. Uh, my father and mother have been business owners all around the South Side for a number of years. Um, we had one business that, uh, that my sister wanted to transition out of, and I decided to transition into that um, Kimbark beverage shop in High Park on 53rd Street. So I've been running that for the past 15 years, uh, nearly 15 years, and out of that grew an event. Um, that we created called the Hyde Park Brew Fest, which grew from a small uh, 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 beer fest in a parking lot to one of the largest events on the South Side now, something we're very proud of. And then most recently, um, I was a student in a program called Lincoln Unlimited Scholars. And I was on the board of that organization and we had a leadership transition and I uh, felt compelled to step in to lead the organization to build its foundation for this next uh, stage of growth. So for the past four years, I've been doing that. And, and tell um, me a little bit about the, uh... Link Unlimited, uh, what is, what's the kind of work that you were doing? So, so Link Unlimited was a program started in the 1960s by a couple that wanted to, to build Dr. King's dream. And so they made investments in education for young people to, with the idea that if you get a better quality education or better level of education, it changes your economic trajectory. And so we have been helping Black kids for over 50 years, not only prepare to access college, but to be able to complete college. Um, and we have a four-part, pro a five-part program that helps them take through their fe uh, fellowship in high school to prepare them to actually just do that. Now, this is, as we said at the beginning, a, a very crowded field. Um, how does someone who, and, and frankly, there aren't a lot of household names. In fact, almost mo none of the candidates has what you would call a household name. Uh, how do you stand out? in a crowded field like this? Well, I think one of the things that, that to be successful in a congressional race, you have to be successful in fundraising. 
And we've been fairly successful in fundraising. I've been very grateful to all the people that have really supported us. And as a first-time candidate, we raised um, $357,000 in the first quarter, which I think is, puts us very, very near the top of uh, fundraising for the, for the quarter. And so um, that's the first step. Uh, the, the second step is that you have to trust the people. Um, you, you, you connect your story um, to the means of being able to communicate your story. And you trust that the folks are going to hear your heart, hear uh, what your desires are, and, and hear um, your vision for or your approach to um, a leadership in the district. And it will, hopefully it will resonate. And what we've seen is that we've talked to people and talking about providing leadership and laying the foundation for the next 25 years, really trying to, to problem solve and put our community in the right, moving in the right trajectory, um, is resonating. And so we're, we're really excited about that. And we think we'll, at the end of the day, we'll be up top when the election day comes. Now, let's talk about what kinds of things you think the federal government, what kinds of things you think Congress can do that can address some of the problems that you talked about, the fact that some people want to leave, the fact that mm -hmm. people don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. What could you do on Capitol Hill about that? So, you know, and, and I am not naive in any way that, you know, one congressperson um, will be one of 435 and will be on the the uh, lower end of the seniority ladder when whoever is elected reaches reaches Congress. But I, I think that the what uh, this congressperson can do for this district is one, continue to listen, making sure that they're representing the true voice of what the community um, um, is saying centering their solutions and in, 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 in the outcomes and answers. Um, ultimately, when you talk about uh, this, this question of inflation and this question of pressures, you know, trying to promote things like um, per making the, the child tax credit permanent, um, looking at, uh, you know, gas relief and trying to look lower prices at the pump, um, things like, you know, eliminating student loan debt, which I'm in favor of, to take pressure off families who are just trying to, you know, make their way and to um, prosper and succeed in, in their communities. These are the type of things that we can begin to work on and trying to build coalitions to get these things passed in the Congress. I also, though, believe that there is a level of, of constituent services that needs to be done in the district, connecting the resources the federal government has with the people uh, in the district to make sure the things that are already available, are may, uh, they have access to and understand, whether it be for small business, whether it be for um, healthcare, whatever it may be, that they get access to everything that the uh, community has, including veteran services for a lot of the veterans that are in the district. Now, if there's one problem that we keep hearing about, you even mentioned it at the beginning, it is crime. Mm -hmm. What would be your priorities when it comes to trying to help people feel safer? And again, we're talking about what can be done in Congress versus what can be done on the streets of Chicago with the police department and such. Well, a, a lot of it is, is in the hands of the local, um, local authorities, obviously. But I think when it comes to resources, um, and priorities, that's where Congress can, can, can uh, have a lot to say. You know, things that I'm hearing, we have to make more investments in mental health and mental health resources. Uh, a lot of the, the, the challenges we have when it comes to, to violence generally and, and violent crime comes out of some uh, are not dealing with mental health challenges in our community, especially post-COVID. Um, secondly, we have to invest in our young people. You know, I hear, I hear stories all the time of the 18-year-old carjacker. And I think often, okay, not 10 years ago, that carjacker was eight. 
And we it, did we make the right investments or, or what did we not stop investing in at eight years old that would cause that child to make that choice when they're 18? We have to start making investments at with kids at five and six and seven so that 10 years later, they won't be in those positions. So I think that's one side of it. Um, you know, the, the, the other side of it is we have to start thinking about what we can do in terms of police reform and continuing that um, that trajectory to make sure police reform uh, is implemented in our city very, very quickly. Thirdly, I think we need to think about when, with respect to policing, um, asking the question, are we getting the best return on our investment? And can we reallocate our resources within the department to focus on actually solving crime and stopping crime? I've always been a proponent of uh, the best way to stop crime is to catch criminals. So we have to make better investments in our investigatory ranks to just to make sure that um, we're catching the folks that are out there and getting our clearance rates up and the like. So any resource the federal government can bring to bear to help any one of those areas, I think will be um, will be on target. That was first congressional district candidate Jonathan Swain. I would like to thank him and rival candidates Terry Lang Rosner and Pat Dowell for spending the time with us this weekend. To our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. There's a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcasts on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 1059 WBBM. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 